Warning, the views and opinions of this podcast are solely for commentary purposes. The following podcast contains content and material that some may find offensive. Yeah, if you're a little bitch. Hi, and welcome to a very special edition of The Congregation of We. I'm your host and savior, the Right Reverend Lord Rifa, and today is special cause it's my birthday. Well, actually, no one really remembers my actual birthday because it was 4,788 years ago. Who the fuck can remember that far back? But from what I've gathered and scratched together over the course of time, it was somewhere in this month. Babylonians called this month Shegur Guadaru. The Egyptians, they called it Peret Mechir. The Jews, they called it Adar. But now, we call it February. And to be more specific, We've backdated my Chinese birthday to come out to be Year of the Dog. I guess that makes me a dogfish. A fish dog, a fishy dog, a doggy fish. Who knows? I like both animals. You know, a funny thing is, being this old, is people, when they meet me and they find out about my whole spiel of being reborn thousands of years and again and again and again, they always ask me, what was it like being king? It's good to be the king. What was it like being an emperor or a queen or whatever? And I could just laugh when I hear that because why would they think that was the case? Why? Why? In general, I've been a servant almost all of my life. Be it a slave, servant, work the fields. There's very few emperors in this world and there's very few kings in this world. Most of us are just slaves and servants. We have the people who pick up after you. We have the people who clean up. We are the people who just kneel down and take care of your needs. Be it a wife. Dinner's ready. Be it a butler. Very good, son. Be it a farmer. Yeah. We're all just servants. And through the years, it has been a joy to be a servant, as well as a pain in the ass. You are a royal pain in the Whoa, hold it. And servants should not be confused with slaves in some ways. Even though there are similarities between the two, there's a wealth of difference. So I want to talk a little bit about service today. Service to ourselves, service to our communities, to the heavens or hells. It's your choice, basically, to anyone or anything you choose to serve. Goats, unicorns, sheep. I don't really care. Enjoy. But service is of major importance in our lives. It gives us a sense of place in the world and a sense of order. Without this notion creeping around your mind, you become selfish. Selfish in your deeds, selfish in your life. And when you're selfish, you extricate yourself from the joyous communal nature of our lives and relegate yourself to the enslavement of only one position. And that position is being alone. All alone, because no one else is good enough for you, not even family. It's an honor to serve. And I'm not just speaking of military or police or firemen, but of our fellow humans. Maybe even Tralfamadorians. But the world is full of ungrateful people who think service is for them to use. Not for them to be, but for them to use. I believe you call them users. They use the bartenders, they use the maids, the baristas at Starbucks, 
the wives, children, airline attendants, gods, the whole fracking world. They destroy the environment, pollute the air, pollute our ears and our hearts because they believe they are born to it. They are born to the purple. They have earned it. They are entitled to it. These are the entitlements that we should eschew, not Social Security, not food stamps, and not health care. The entitlement of riches. These self-same people are the elite boogeymen you've heard all about. It's not the teachers, nor the rebels, the gays, the lesbians, the allies, the BLM protesters. No. It's the rich corporate elite and the wannabe elite. Those who yearn to be the masters, but aren't rich enough, connected enough, or even white enough to be the masters. Yet, they still strive. There have always been elites, all throughout my very, very long existence. And they have all acted in the same way, corrupt and selfish, vain and arrogant, with complete and utter distaste for the masses, and yet espousing rhetoric that has mass appeal. It's a little confusing, to be honest, but it is true. And why is that? Why do the masses lap this up like it's the last bit of water in the desert? I can only say through my experience, it's because the masses need to be loved. They are inherently unloved. This is not love of a husband to a wife or that special rendezvous you all have or son to a mother, but it's love of ourselves and our, 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 our brothers and sisters on this planet. And in the absence of that love, we will take whatever form looks the closest. Looks like it, smells like it, tastes like it. We drink of this fake love until our bellies are full of hot air and bullshit. These are the entitlements that have brought us to the veritable brink of disaster here in America and possibly even around the globe because this is not just an American tragedy. It is a human tragedy, one that needs to be eradicated totally. We interrupt this broadcast for breaking news unfolding now. There's breaking news over the wires from Reuters. We are joined by our affiliate from KSCK right now. This is Ali Bruce of KSCK reporting live from Governor Yunkin's press conference addressing the recent book ban. Okay, little lady, it's your turn. Governor Foskin, Henderson from the Brooklyn Bugle. Why do you hate books so much? It's Yunkin, little lady. I don't hate books at all. I just hate some words. Follow up, Governor. Aren't books made of words? Gee, and they said the press is stupid. Of course books are made up of words, you idiot. The real question is what words are in the books? You in the back. Governor Forskin, Bailey from the SF Chronicle. What words don't you like and how does that apply to your banning? It's yunkin', my good man, and I don't like the word... Catch. Follow up. But catch is neither a curse nor a slur. What can be bad about the word catch? Well, that's just homo code for butt sex. Excuse me? Sure. Catch 22. That's about 22 men having sex with one guy. Governor, I don't think that's right. 
course it is. One more follow-up, Governor. Did you ever read the book? Of course I didn't. The good parents of Virginia have given me all the information I need. Yes, you in the front. Governor Forsket? <clears throat> Youngkin. Right, Youngkin. Uh, Brown from the San Francisco Journal. What if I catch her in the rye? Well, that's a good example of gay men having sex while drunk on whiskey. Uh, no, it's not. It's about the angst of a young man. Angst? That's another one I hate. That's code for being horny. Huh? Sure, teenage angst. That's code for kids wanting gay sex. Can't have that going on now, can we? Look at here. We got some serious problems in our school, and the mamas and daddies of these kids want to say on what their kids read. I think we should give it to them. Don't you? Who's next? Governor Yunkin Cooper from CNN. That's some fake news. Sit down. It's your turn. Governor Forskin, this is Grant from the New York Times. How do parents who don't have an education beyond high school have the right to choose what books our students read? <laughs> you liberal media idiots, they don't. There's a society, a little secret. But they choose what's right for them. Follow up, Governor Forskin. Uh, what society? Isn't that the job of the school board? Well, now, finally, that's a great question from the failing times. You'd think so, but the school board is so full of love and gay and liberal freaks that they want to teach the wrong Bible, critical and lies about that so-called Holocaust. Hell, all Hitler was doing was making some room for his people. We just don't trust those school board folks anymore. Okay, little lady, it's your turn. Governor Forskin, I mean Youngskin. Henderson again from the Brooklyn Bugle. Speaking of Hitler, care to comment on the tip line? Isn't that a bit brown shirt-like? Brown shirts? What's wrong with brown shirts? I have at least a dozen of them back home. And regarding that tip line, if you got nothing to hide, then there's nothing to report. <laughs> well, I think that's all for today. I gotta go burn a couple books. I just love that smell. That concludes our coverage. Stay tuned to this channel for more breaking news. Well, there you have it. Straight from the horse's, uh, ass's, uh, well, straight, I, I mean, Straight from the horse's ass, uh, mouth. Uh, n***ing gay f***ing freaks. I don't even know how to comment on that. Simple servant in my 
toast me out out with a job left to beg and plead for scraps of I'm a civil servant nothing more on the sidewalk as you I am a slave to you. I work for the heavens, regardless of what they ask of me. I suffer the pains of the heavens, regardless of what they want of me. A lot of us do that. Some of us, of course, think the heavens are quite a bit different. Some big white dude on a cloud that just throws lightning bolts when he's pissed, you know, or... A variation of uh, Clash of the Titans, where you got all these other white folks on, on the clouds, like, battling each other. Heaven's not like that. 
I actually don't believe in heaven. My experience is not that way. I do, however, believe in the goo. So I guess because it's my birthday, I'm going to talk a little bit about the goo. So many of you have come up to me and asked about life and death. You email me and text me and come up to me on the streets with that look of fear and mixed with curiosity. You say, Rev, you've been alive and reborn so many times. Do you have any insights to what happens? Well, I do. Being a reverend and a servant, it's my duty to try and explain this as best as I can. The goo is this ethereal ring that exists beyond our realm. I call it a ring because I can't really understand it in any other way, uh, probably because of all that fucking religious bullshit I've had. But anyway, the goo is a ring that floats around the earth that we all go to and come from. When we die, our consciousness is released into the goo. It spreads out, mingles and coalesces and comes apart and gets put back together with all the other consciousness that have ever existed, ever, in all of time and space. And then when it's our turn again, we recoalesce into another body. It's the basis of what empathy is, understanding what someone else feels. It's also what deja vu is, because we remember it from someone else's existence. It is the real reason why we serve. Because when push comes to shove, we know what it's like to need something or someone, and we can do nothing else but serve that need. Now, this is no excuse for bad behavior in this lifetime or any other lifetime. When we see bad behavior, we need to call it out and stop it. Put ourselves in the path of that inevitable onslaught of merciless pain and sorrow because it's the right thing to do, because you know it in your heart and because you have seen it and experienced it for all the lifetimes together.
that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to contact us, please do www.lordrifa.com. Just hit the contact us button. The show was produced by Samantha Takizawa. The executive producer was Steve Levy for the City of Disc Productions. The Congregation of We is recorded, mixed, and designed by Samantha Takizawa and Buddy Salman at Petrero Post Studios in our fair city, San Francisco. Until the next time, here at the Congregation of We, we bid you Salah. All music on the show is available to you at LoadyFit.com. Available on most streaming services and your favorite back alley drug dealer.